this is the final installment, the fifth and final song in the song of our series called This Day. Uh, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now, and uh, I want to remind you, this day, believe Jesus is everything he claims to be, and that he will do everything he says he will do. And one of the ways we can judge how big our faith is, is how well we deal with that word every day. I'm not sure about, okay, there's a place where your faith needs to go. Your faith, when Jesus did everything he claims to do, and that he will do everything he says he will do. And this faith is a big deal. Jesus wants us to have these faith because Christ is devastating in the garden. The serpent came and Always has been, always will be, but always has been in the for the teacher, he's always accepted. And the devil will argue. And our world is so saturated with his life, other people will argue unintentionally lie to you as well. And the culture of dishonesty, particularly the dishonesty that the enemy had, the devil had about God, about Jesus, we distrust God and we disobey Him. And I'm going to add one more, and then our world is going to break. Our lives fall apart. We believe the dishonesty of the enemy. We distrust God. We disobey Him, and our lives disintegrate. But God has been working to restore to us everything that He does in this life. He tells us the truth, whether we want to hear it or not. He tells the truth. He reveals the truth about Himself. He reveals the truth about us. He reveals the truth about Him and disobedience to Him. And then, when He reveals the truth, we have the opportunity to trust Him. And when He helps us to trust Him, we start to be transformed from the inside out, and we begin to obey Him and do what He wants. And our lives start to heal and restore. So we've been talking about how Jesus knows His faith is. And these are five things when we recognize that the Spirit is in you, Jesus is to build and bring in faith in our lives. The first is practical teaching. Teaching what the Bible says and how to put it into practice. And then practicing it. And this is one of the things that we have responsibility to uh, participate in. If you avoid being where you hear practical teaching about the Bible and you avoid putting it into practice, you are not going to grow big faith. But if you make sure you're in a place where you can hear and you are in a place where you begin to put it into practice, then you'll grow. Providential relationships. This one you don't have a whole lot of control over. You just have to do your best to build relationships with good people. God's people, Jesus' followers, and, and He uses them in your life to teach you to 
so far away from me. Why do you know how when I'm in trouble? Second one, oh God, my life, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They shout, where is this God of yours? Okay, I'm going to give you a chance to be 
the painful, difficult circumstances in the lives of the family. Robert, these are his two sisters, by the way, Mary and Martha. And they're living in this field, and it's probably being their full source of life and income. And he is Something about you, recognize something about you that they hadn't 
this to work. So, just to help us remember, Verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and her mother and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two days. Now, I want you to notice that. When he heard that Lazarus was sick, Jump on the nearest animal and run the path of his way to go to Bethany. Think of you and Bell, done this before, and it's been very early, and it's been, he's going to be well, and he loves us, and all this is going to be well. We like to go to No, he just said, oh, he said, go, let's go a couple days. So then he said to his disciples, after the two days of fast, he turns around his disciples and he says to them, let's go back to Judea. Jesus was on the east side of the Jordan River. Bethany, where Lazarus, Mary, Martha, lived, was on the west side. And we all know what it's like. There are only certain places where you can get a cross right? It's in the place where the heart of Jesus You just got to find the shallow spot before the big cross. Okay? So Jesus was about two days' journey away. But over in Bethany, within the gate, was an area called Judea, and he had been over there not too long ago, and people were trying to figure out so much. So much. It's fine. Not a particularly gentle and quick way to go. And so the Bible says, the first time I was out, the Jews were trying to show you, you're, you're, you're going back? I think what they were really saying is people should really care sure about you. Because those people will kill you. But of course, you know, we also want to remind you that if they are after you, they will also be after us. They would stone you, they will probably turn around and stone us. And are you sure you need to go back?
Jesus tells them, the Father worships today, essentially. I work today. Sunshine. They say, well, the sunshine. This is what I say. So, why does the sun go myself? He went on to tell them, our friends, again, we fought for them, Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples were like, oh, did you sleep? You were good, Lazarus. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am was not there so that you may believe. So let us go to him. Control. Yeah, the same question. 
Why did you allow this to happen? Why did you do something? Why did you say something really powerful? But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you want.
and hustle. He has the same concerns that Martha has, that we have. Why did you allow this to happen? Why did you do something about it to me? Verse 33 tells us, Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and felt it. No! He's still deeply moved. 
that he loves us. Lord, the Lord, that he loves us, and he feels our pain. Verse 39. Take away the stone. Okay? He was buried in the cave, and the stone placed over the open, and that's the way they did it. And Martha said, Lord, I don't know if it's my Lord, but I just think it was his place. So, Lord, so Martha, the sister of the dead man says, By this time, there is a bad odor. Where he has been there four days. And this was the This one is my view of the Jesus. By now, he's thinking. Yeah. Dead, dead, he's decaying. And it's close up to what we call decaying. Because 
you cannot be young enough, you cannot be healthy enough, you cannot be good enough, you cannot be loving enough, or even faithful enough, or religious enough, to be exempt from the fact that your life will go south in this world. And I don't want you to know, I just, hey, this is not going to hold you forever. Do not buy the lie that Jesus does things to you. Hey, Jesus, every person on this broken planet. But when your life goes wrong, Jesus makes the word in you. He builds his faith. So that he can work through you later to help others. You see, Jesus wants you to know, even when your questions go unanswered in the pivotal circumstances of your life, you can trust and believe in him. So there's the program you're coming to today. When circumstances go south, Jesus wants to work in you so that later he can work through you. So somebody says, well, how can I cooperate with that, Mark? And I'm glad to ask because I need to talk to some other people first. Let me you know, put that question on hold for a moment. I want to address those of us who say to you, injured, broken, or worn out. And some of us, you have been sitting here your whole time thinking there's no hope for my faith. My life went south and so did my faith. And I just can't go through the motions of following Jesus' faith. His faith is really Jesus' faith. And if you've been thinking that there's no hope for your faith, I, I want to ask you to do something. I want you to listen for another voice. Not that voice of despair that still be saying there's no hope. I want you to listen for another voice that we have heard this church. So you won't filter out all that the noise of just hopelessness and disappointment and discouragement. You will listen listen for a quiet voice. Jesus. 
simple word when I think about that. And I don't mean in a greedy sort of way. It makes me uh, angry. Let's stop there. When Jesus loves you more than you can imagine and he feels you more pain more deeply than you can imagine, there's nobody that loves us like Jesus. He's the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. And he became one of us. Imagine this. He's bigger than the universe. And then he decided to become one of us. And I don't know why would they die, but still. I'm about 14 stories up. I don't look all that big. I drive straight over and just look like a big guy. He became one of us. And not just one of us. He became servant sacrifice for all of us. The king of kings created the universe, loved us enough to become one of us and to die for us. You can't trust somebody who will die for you. Who in the world is going to trust? He loves you more than you can ever imagine. He feels the pain more deeply than you can imagine. He doesn't do things to you, but he will go through whatever happens to you with you. So when the circumstances go south, Jesus wants to work through you so that later he can work through you to help others. I just want you to think about this for a moment. What do you think would happen? in our families, in our church family, in our community, if we had we individually, collectively had good faith. You know, the big faith to believe Jesus is everything he claims to be and that he will do everything he promised to do. What would happen? How different would our outlook on life be? If we have complete confidence that Jesus is with us all the time, even when we don't understand, even when we don't feel His presence, even when it hurts, hurting and we're full of pain and we don't know why, we still believe He's there. And we can still call out to Him. And even in His prayer from the cross, Differently, would we respond to conflicts, temptations, or even God's If we knew that we knew that we knew that we knew that Jesus was in, working in all of it for us. How differently would we live if we believed Jesus' plan to leverage everything, not like everything in our lives for good, for our for the good of others. Imagine what it would be like for all of us and for us as a church to have good faith. I want to uh, ask you to take a few minutes to think about it. It's painful. 